What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today, and I got a good one. I'm here with the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the leader of Moose Nation, and a man who, up until recently, I wasn't a big fan of, but he really has changed my mind in 2021. Please help me welcome Moose to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? Uh, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, a couple things I just want to go over with right now, and I want to touch on a little bit on Hard to Kill. I'm actually wearing the shirt. Um, that night, I want to say, I want to put it on wax right now. You made me a fan of you that night. I always appreciated your athleticism and everything you brought to the table. I just was indifferent. But that night in that match, you did some incredible things that really- Hard because I, I, I did a couple of backflips and a Spanish fly. Is that what it is? No, no, it was everything. It was the way you carried yourself. It was the loyalty to impact. And it was the story that was told in the ring. Yeah, there was some, oh my God moments. I'm not going to lie. The Spanish fly was crazy. But I really saw the athleticism uh, in a, a different light. And maybe it's because of who you were in the ring with. But I think you brought the best out in them. And they brought the, they brought the best out in you. So I wanted to say that to you. I promised myself if I ever got the opportunity, I'd tell you. That night, I was 100% sold on everything you brought to the table. Oh, I guess. Thank you. Yes. Yes, sir. So um, a couple of big things that happened to you. February 23rd, we had that kind of, you know, standstill in the ring. You refused to get out. You wanted that title shot. And not only did you get the title shot with, with, with Rich Swan coming up at Sacrifice, but also the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which hadn't been recognized since 2017, is now an official title in Impact Wrestling again. How was that for you to get that title finally recognized after you've been carrying it around since May of 2020? Um, for... For other people, they'll probably be ecstatic and very excited and happy. For me, I don't have no emotions at all towards it because um, no matter what Scott said or did that night, I already know I was a TNA heavyweight champion. I carried myself as a TNA heavyweight champion for the past year. I've had tight defenses on that same championship and, and beat everybody that have been put my way for that title so i mean it really didn't mean much what scott said i mean so it probably meant more to the fans than it did for me because i already knew i was a, a, a world champion absolutely absolutely and you did carry yourself like a champion kinda like some amazing title defenses it's kind of like somebody telling Doug gates oh yeah you're now recognized as a millionaire do you think he's going to be excited? No, because he already knows what's in his bank account. Like, and that's how I felt when Scott DeMore said that he's now making a TNA title, official title in Impact Wrestling. I already knew it was an official title in TNA Wrestling. Obviously, if it wasn't, why was I having title defenses the last year? That's a valid point. I didn't think of that. So that's a valid point. And, and kudos to you for, for that. You carried yourself as a champion. Like I said, you had those amazing title defenses. One of my favorite matches was the one you had with Willie Mack. That was probably yeah. one of the best matches I had seen you in this in this whole reign, this title defense. Uh, how's it like going up against somebody like Willie Mack, who brings so much to the table like you do with speed and athleticism? Um, Willie Mack is, uh, I say this all the time, is very underrated. Uh, he's actually one of the best wrestlers I've been in the ring with, and I, I just wish he had more recognition for how good he is. And, um, I mean, his time has come in. Um, obviously, it couldn't be against me because I'm a wrestling god. Um, but his time is definitely coming for him to show the world how how under how um, underrated he's been. Um, and it's just, it just 
calls for the right opportunity and the right time, he'll he'll get his time. Absolutely. So this title defense you got coming up with which one? March 13th at Sacrifice. A lot on the line for both of you. If you win and end up pulling it out and you become the Impact World Champion, are we going to see a unification of the titles or will you defend either belt on any given night, depending on the opportunity? Um, to answer that question, you just have to watch this Tuesday's episode of Impact on Access TV, and that will answer all the questions you need to know about what's going on with this title, what's coming next, what's going to happen, what's on the line, and the the, the stakes of this match. Um, so I it, it, I could give you my opinion, but I already know the answer to the question. All you have to do is watch the show on Tuesday and we'll answer all the questions you need to know. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. In terms of your preparation for this match, because Rich Swan is a guy who's got a lot of speed. He can move around the ring. And I mean, he's the Impact World Champion for a reason. What's I don't, I'm not asking you to give away your game plan, but is there something that you're working on in the gym to prepare or counteract for whatever Rich may throw at you come sacrifice? Well, I don't mind giving up my game plan because um, I'm a professional. And um, if things go astray, I can always change it on the fly. Mm -hmm. uh, my game plan is to hurt Rich Swan anywhere I can. And that's my game plan going in. And I'm sure Rich Swan already knows this because that's what I do is I hurt people. Um, and like you said, yeah, Rich Swan is he's a phenomenal talent, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, he's proved that there's a reason why he is the Impact World Champion. Um, he beat uh, a phenomenal talent in Eric Young, so that makes him phenomenal himself. But like I said, I, I'm, I am a wrestling god, and um, I do it all. I mean, I could wrestle his style if he wanted. I could wrestle any style there is in professional wrestling and really good at every style, and that's why I call myself a wrestling god. So, I mean... I think the advantage is well, well, well on my side, and um, but I'm, I'm still not going to take Rich Swan's light lightly because he is a world champion himself. And the only thing I can guarantee you, win, lose, or draw, I'm guaranteeing this match is going to be a five star match because you have two incredible athletes and wrestlers in the ring. Absolutely. So I've got to ask, um, when uh, when Hard to Kill happened, there was a celebration. I was a part of that. And uh, I was able to ask you a question. One of the questions I asked, and you actually answered it, was about loyalty. The fact that you've been loyal to Impact, you've stayed with Impact since 2016, and you've weathered the storm. And now you're starting to, I guess, reap the rewards of that loyalty. Come sacrifice, if the Impact World title is in your hands, and that match goes your way. Kenny Omega has come over multiple times repping the AEW title. Is there any bones about maybe going into their backyard for a change, pushing a little bit back on them and, and representing the Impact brand over in Jacksonville? Um, you'll have to watch Tuesday's episode to answer, <laughs> answer that question. Just watch Tuesday. Tuesday's episode answers every question about what's going next. And that's what I can say. Okay, perfect, perfect. And if if you do make an appearance on Impact and all that kind of, or sorry, on in AEW, is there anybody that you got your eyes on, or I still got to watch Tuesday for that as well? Is there anybody that you would like to get in the ring from the AEW roster? Um, the only one person there. I mean, they they have a lot of phenomenal talents there. I mean, they they have a lot of great guys, but the only one that entices me, honestly, is Stain because he he he's when you mentioned the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Sting is one of the great names that comes up, comes up. So I might never know. I mean, I would like to give Sting a shot at what he used to have, and I'm sure I could beat him in less than five minutes. 
Less than five, really? So you say yeah. he's a legend, but then you say you can handle him in five minutes. Yeah, because I'm a god. That's okay. Legendary legends over gods. Okay, I see where you're going, and I appreciate that. Um, in terms of your football career and then transitioning into wrestling, you've had some definitely amazing battles in wrestling. Like I said, we touched on Willie Mack, and there's been other battles, other amazing opponents that you face in the ring, and you've handled your business on all of them. But is there one opponent that no matter when you get back in the ring with them, it's got that excellent amount of chemistry that you know there's just that that amazing dance partner that a lot of guys share the ring with they can say that this is this is the guy for me that when i'm in the ring i know i'm we're gonna have something special tonight is there anybody oh, that comes to mind with that definitely eddie edwards i mean look at our feud from a couple of years ago uh, mm -hmm. every match was intense every match was hard-hitting and it was i mean like you said it was a great dance partner it was like it got to a point where we would just go straight to the ring without talking about anything and just dancing and and, and he's still to, to this day my favorite opponent and one of my best friends actually so. and that's that's where it kind of comes into cool because when you're a friend and you're staring each other at the ring you go a little harder because it's your friend right yeah, you, you definitely go a little harder and you, you get the best out of each other. And it's one of those things where in wrestling, when you re when you know somebody so much, you could go out there and dance without planning anything because you know each other so much. You know everybody's go-to move. You know what he loves to do. You know how he loves to do it. He knows what I love to do and how I love to do it. So there's no need to talk about anything. We just, oh, we're working today? All right, see you in 30 minutes. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So um, I got to ask and, and kind of roll back a little bit to the match you had with EC3. Control Your Narrative, that cinematic match was fantastic. Yeah, thank In that you. match, we saw you handle EC3. And the last thing he said before you knocked his clock off was control your narrative. And since then, you have really taken those words and been controlling your narrative and making the moves that you've wanted to make. Would you yeah. say that since then, this has been a calculated plan of events that you knew was going to happen? Or is this something as, because I mean, everything's organic, but also there are moves you can make. Was this an organic transparency to get to this moment, to get to this match with Rich Swan, Or was this always the end game? It didn't even matter if it was Rich Swan, Whoever the champ was, this was going to be the end game at this particular moment on March 13th. This was. Oh, I know a lot of fans are confused about that whole um that whole feud with me and EC3 but um I was also confused by it because at first when it first started I thought it was a hate thing and he was coming after me because of jealousy or um um wanted his old spot back in impact wrestling and then as we got to the match I learned that it was never about a hate thing it was more about a love thing and um him trying to show clear my head to to be the guy who I've been meant to be for the last few years now the monster most and not the entertainer most I mean I feel like the last few years in impact wrestling before before this last year I've been the entertainer the guy that uh, was more worried about entertaining the fans than actually kick, killing somebody in the ring. And I think I needed that feud with EC3 to, to do a hard reset in my mind on how I look at wrestling. And um, that's exactly what I did. That's what that feud helped me do. It was not even 
even uh in ring things the truth about it me and ec3 are actually really good friends like i train with him every day i talk to him every day um he's definitely a a, a good friend and um he definitely helped me set my mind to the right direction um you see that i mean i don't know if you follow me on twitter i've I've changed my body tremendously where now I actually look the part and just not relying on my talents. And that's part of the control your narrative mindset is like, it just changes everything about you and it resets your focus. And, um, and I knew after I need, after I had that focus reset, what I was going to go after things that was more important rather than just, uh, just entertaining fans. You know, and that's what I feel like I've been doing for the last few years. And now it's actually time for me to to go after what's more important as championships. Absolutely. And and gold is 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 key in this business. And, and being the top of the mountain is one thing everybody strives for. In terms of wrestling without fans, I mean, I know you've probably been asked this question. Everybody gets asked this question, but everybody has a different interpretation or an answer. What are the challenges in not having the fan base right there? to either cheer or boo you on because a lot of wrestlers need that extra bit of adrenaline. That's the kind of unsung hero to wrestling. They give you that boost when you're down or they give you that motivation to keep hitting their hero. So what are the challenges you faced during this time with not having fans in the building with you? Um, it sucks, um, but I've gotten used to it. It was just like anything else, you get used to it. Um, the first few times we did it, it was absolutely horrible, but um, as you, but I think honestly, it's made me a better wrestler because it makes you focus on things that you don't focus on where fans are there and you're too lazy to do because the fans kind of mask it all, you know, so it makes you focus on verbiage and um, your, your facials and your, um, I can't think of the right word, but um, it makes you, makes you focus on little things that kind of get lost and hidden because uh, the fan noise and the fan interaction. So uh, I use it as a blessing and I use it to, to uh, perfect my craft. Absolutely. And you, and you have definitely perfected your craft. Like you said, over this, this period, since the change in narrative, you've really focused and changed the mindset. And I do follow you on Twitter. And like I said, it's, it's the transition has been phenomenal to the, to the focused and, and, and fierce competitor you are. Uh, now you're a monster. You stated that and you're a God. So it's, it's two, po two perfect storms that are coming together for Rich Swan. If come March 13th, and I have to ask because at the end of the day, I'm a journalist. If come March 13th, things don't go your way and the match does not go your way and you're not the, the Impact World title, will you still continue to uh, go after Rich Swan to uh, try to get another shot at that title? Or will you patiently wait again, make your moves until the time is right a second time around? Honestly, I don't, I don't know because I haven't thought about what I would do if I don't, if I'm not successful. Losing is not, I don't plan to lose, you know. I don't think it's, I, I don't think a lot of people should plan to lose. You should always plan to win. But to answer your question, if I don't lose, I could guarantee you one outcome if I don't win that match. Um, no matter how you look at that match, I'm going to win. Um, it's either I'm going to win by pinning Rich Swan and hosting two titles over my head, or I'm going to win by having a five-star match and putting out the best performance ever been seen by a guy the size of myself. So to me, going into this match is a, is a win-win situation. So there's no losing. 
Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That was a great answer. And that was a great last question. And for anybody who does not follow you or know where they can follow you, please shout out all your socials so they can see the movement. They can watch you continue to control your narrative. Um, Instagram is Moose Nation 69 and um, Twitter is the Moose Nation. I don't know what my Facebook is. I don't really use it, but so. Uh, I, I get you. I have a Facebook page too. Uh, I am a glutton for self-promotion. So straight talk wrestling on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter at underscore straight talk. And like I said, I do follow you. So maybe who knows? I get a follow back. That would be super awesome. No pressure, but that will be super awesome. And uh, one final thing. If there's any young fan watching that wants to get into this business, that has a love for this business, and you're somebody that they admire and look up, what is one piece of advice you would like to pass on to the next generation of future wrestling stars? Go train at Can-Am Dojo in Windsor with Scott Damore. That's it. That's the best piece of advice. Mr. Moose, thank you so much today for the time. I appreciate it. And like I said, I am a fan. I will continue to be a fan. And come March 13th, you have my support. I'll be cheering you all right, cool. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.